0: the Holy Gospel, according to John, the 14th chapter. If you love me, Jesus said, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me and those who love me Will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and will reveal myself to them, the gospel of the Lord. Thank you, oh Christ. All right. Life can be scary. Zoom can be scary. <laughs> Not having the uh, right text in front of you can be a little scary. Um, As a small child, I want you to know I lived with a demon underneath my bed. And I got this idea actually from my Sunday school teacher who told a story about demons and about Jesus. And I was convinced this demon that lived underneath my bed was black and smoky like and had creepy eyes and that it was lurking there in the dark and just waiting for a chance to get me. The hard part was after my mother had tucked me in and turned out the light and everything while I was okay, as long as I stayed in the bed. But I always needed to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. And I would wake up needing to go to the bathroom and I would lie there and debate for a little while because how was I going to do that without the demon getting me? So I remember very clearly at like age four, standing on the end of my bed and taking a giant leap off in order to clear as much distance as possible between me and the edge of the bed where the demon was on my way to the restroom. And then, of course, there was the problem of how to get back into bed. So I would have to take a running start in the hallway and run as fast as I could and then end with a flying leap that hopefully landed me up on top of the mattress. I'm here to tell about it, the demon didn't get me. Not yet. Even now though, the boogeyman scares me a little bit in certain circumstances. Like maybe some creepy parking garage that I'm in all by myself and you hear your own footsteps echoing and you would swear you hear people spying on you. Or maybe it's uh, walking through the woods alone at night. I've been in the woods a lot in the daytime and I love the woods, but there's something about nighttime and all the little strange sounds and not being able to see and all the shadows and the rustles that really gets to me. Yet if I have just one person with me, in the times that I would normally be afraid, well, then I'm fearless, right? When you face something scary all by yourself, well, it's just terrifying, but if you space it with somebody else, well, then it's an adventure. Schoolyards are scary places too. I don't know if you remember what that's like, but I suspect you do, uh, especially maybe around junior high or high school age If you ever drive by and look at a school yard, you know that the kids know that it's a dangerous place, which is why they always gather together in little bands, uh, small groups, or at least maybe two or three at a minimum, and they always stand in the exact same place day after day, year after year, as long as they're at that school. But maybe you remember what it's like the very first day at a new school the first time you ever stepped on that campus before. And that not in the pit of your stomach, or maybe that feeling of leaden feet as you approach this new landscape, knowing that you do not yet have a people, nor do you have a place. Ironically, for some people, I think the scariest place to go for the first time is into a church. People talk to me all the time about how unnerving that is and not knowing anybody and feeling um, that they are somehow odd and conspicuous. It's one thing to hold hands and walk into the lunchroom for the first time, but what about the day we're forced to face some horrible secret from our past? Or maybe the day somebody tells us that we have cancer or the day that we're told we're gonna to have to vacate our home and squeeze ourselves into one room in a nursing facility. Or maybe it's the first day and then every day after the funeral when we will wake up and remember that there is one less person in our house. Or perhaps the day that we learn that our career is being phased out and someone says as though it were that easy, you're going to have to reinvent yourself. But then there are even happy occasions that can be a time of loss and maybe a time that's scary. Like when the children grow up and move out or people retire and move on and we don't get to see them at work anymore or students who graduate and go their separate ways. You know, how do we face that day and all the other days in our lives? If only we had somebody to stand beside us. If only we had someone who could look out for us. If only we had someone who could walk with us through the woods and all the other scary places and maybe distract us and make us laugh. In kindergarten, we held hands. We walked two by two to the cafeteria. In third grade, maybe we went on field trips and They told us we could never leave one another. They even assigned us a buddy and the buddy had to stay by our side, or we had to, if we were the buddy, had to stay by our buddy's side and not leave and accompany them everywhere. Being a buddy, I learned as a young child, is a very serious responsibility, that there's a lot at stake, that maybe somebody else's life could be in our hands, that it's a commissioning that we are being sent out to advocate for and to protect and to comfort somebody else. Why? Because we're better together. We're smarter together. We're stronger and more fierce and more courageous together. Now, there are a lot of ways to use the buddy system. At church, we've set up a shepherding program. So there's somebody's joining us for the first time, becoming new members. You know, the idea that you have somebody to walk alongside you and invite you to things and make sure you know what's going on and how we do things at LCR. When I worked for an AIDS organization years ago, I was part of my duties was to be in charge of the buddy system. And the buddy system was this vast network of volunteers that had been recruited and who were paired up with people who had come to the agency who were HIV positive and possibly even had gotten into the stage where you would say they had AIDS. Um, It was a time in the nineties when uh, people who had HIV were very ostracized and you'll remember that. It was like having the plague or worse. And, um, and, and it was a frightening thing that people were having to walk alone through that. And so with the buddy, you were assured that you had somebody who would call you up and invite you to go out and maybe go to a movie with you or go out to lunch or take you to the mall or just hang out. I watched people who had been dumped by their friends and abandoned by their families and by their churches and people who were sick and terrified and absolutely alone. But with a buddy, they were no longer alone. They had somebody who could listen, someone who was present, someone they could huddle with against the storm. Alcoholics Anonymous is another one that knows all about the power of a buddy system. If you wanna quit drinking and you don't trust yourself, well then you have a sponsor. A sponsor is a buddy who's gonna walk with you one day at a time. The sponsor is somebody who's going to remind you of all the principles of AA and try to hold you accountable. The buddy, a really good one, is someone who on a Friday night after work, which knowing that that's your vulnerable time, might call you up on Friday afternoon and arrange to spend the evening with you and say, why? Just because it's not good for you to be alone. I know there are many people in our congregations who do like a daily checkup with some other friend or neighbor. You call each other every day and check in just to make sure you're alive above ground and breathing on your own. During his life, Jesus walked with his disciples. He was a buddy. He was a tangible presence and a comfort to them. He was their wisdom, their teacher, their guide. He stilled their storms. He cast out their demons. But now he's going to be leaving them. It's Thursday night. Jesus is at the table with his disciples for that final Passover dinner. He's washed their feet. He's taught them a last lesson about leadership and service and humility and love. And now he's telling them in a little while, you're not going to see me anymore. But then you will see me again. He said, where I'm going, you can't come, but don't be afraid. He tells them, I'm not going to leave you orphaned. Those are sad words. They're words that nobody wants to hear uh, from somebody that we love. We don't want to hear that they're going away or that they're dying or that they're not coming back to us again. So Jesus is trying to prepare us for the sorrow and the confusion that are going to come when he is gone when he's no longer apparently walking side by side in the flesh. He's reminding us that God understands the buddy system, that God is not going to let us walk the gauntlet of life all by ourselves. And so Jesus promises, he says, I will send another advocate. You see, he's the first advocate, the first buddy that we've had. But he said, I'm sending another advocate to be with you forever the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, and he abides with you, and he will be in you. That spirit is our companion, our protector, our defender, our guide. That spirit of wisdom and of life is the spirit of the living God, who fills the spaces in between us, who, Jesus says, gives us strength and courage and is shining the light of Christ before us in all the dark places so that we need not be afraid. And this advocate that I am sending, Jesus says, will never leave your side, even for a minute. The spirit of wisdom and life will walk with you and listen to you and strengthen and protect you Binding you to one another and to God. We are in this together, Jesus says. I am in you and you are in me. And we are always connected. This spirit that surrounds you, that is in you and around you, is given to you so that you may have power to stand alongside. Power to abide with one another, power to strengthen and uphold one another in the good times, but most importantly, in the bad. On the most daunting days, you'll feel the strength of a thousand prayers sustaining you. And when you feel most alone, someone you might not have expected will appear by your side. Because God has you covered the same God who created the heavens and the earth and in whom you live and breathe and have your being. This God is with you to heal every wound, to conquer every demon and to guide you onward in Christ. Amen.
1: His village to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what needs we often fall. Because we do not pray everything to God and pray. Have you trials and temptation? Is there trouble and Should never be withstood. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do you look right, okay? The snows are everywhere. save you. Take it to the Lord in prayer. In His arms He'll take and you. You will